then I just say like, Hey, welcome to cold pieces, pastor Matt. I'm okay. Like that. That would have worked. Hey guys, this is Pastor Matt. Welcome to Cold Pizza. I'm the one that gets to host today because Pastor Russ was the one who preached on Sunday. Uh, so it feels a little weird sitting in this seat, but today my hope is just to ask him some questions and uh, tee him up uh, to add some things that... Gain an uh, appreciation for what I do every week, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so you worked through this chiastic structure uh, in the sermon, can you just briefly tell me those uh, six points? Essentially, was that uh, was that helpful in general? Yeah, I think okay, so. Good, I think so. I would like to go on record and tell people that I didn't find that in any of the commentaries that I read. So, in oh. case in case it matters, I came up with that, which means it's probably wrong. But <laughs> I was gonna say, in um, in our world, that probably means you're wrong. Well, that's that, that would be the thing that you would expect <laughs> if you but. can't. If you're not copying someone, it's probably wrong. If it's an original thought to you. This was, yeah. <laughs> now, no, <laughs> the more I read this, I um, I kept seeing, um, I was trying to figure out how to structure it just to communicate the whole the whole point. And you have this big setup of, of man, and then you have this switch to Jesus. And Psalm 8, as we talked about yesterday, is both not about and completely about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so trying to jump between those two in a way that made sense of how it affects each of those parties without, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> turning into a television program and different scenes, it was a little difficult. And I kept seeing how there's an answer to each of the issues. And so A to A, B to B, C to C. And it follows that trajectory too, which is really nice. Um, mm. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into that. But I mean, the short version is what we were to be, uh, what we were created to be. Mm-hmm. Into what we broke as B, and then the fact that we can't see it, we can't see what we were created to be because it's broken. But see, two, we can see him. Uh, we can see Jesus. I like the as I read the the CSB version version of we see Jesus. Into B two, what he fixes or fulfilled because we broke it, and he's fulfilling what mm-hmm. Adam should be. So then A, what he is and what we will be. Mm. That's good. So drilling in here, I underneath, as I was sitting there listening and you were talking about like what we broke, um, which in our like daily life experience, unless uh, you really have a high estimation of yourself or unless you just are blind, (laughs) uh, the, the, what we broke uh, question like really struck me as I was as mm-hmm. I was sitting there, and you talked about uh, how man despised God's favor, we abused God's privilege, and we destroy our dignity or destroyed our dignity, and you know ultimately the Lord is the solution to these problems in our lives, both as our Redeemer and as the one who fixes it and and such. Um, but on a practical note, like thinking through those, it's helpful for us to think through where did I yesterday despise God's favor or where have I abused God's privilege or again, where did I, where have I destroyed our dignity? And I don't, I don't mean, uh, you know, we, we do this a lot, uh, where we start like the culture and where we see these things in the culture. You mentioned abortion, 
yeah. um, uh, as far as destroying our dignity. Um, you see that, uh, I would say another example we see it in the culture is uh, man's roles, women's roles. Uh, when we squash that and and make no distinction between those or, or what we call androgynous, so that, that is a, a destroying our dignity. That's also an abusing God's privilege. That's also an example of despising God's favor. Yes, all he is, of it. He, he, he has given man and woman, a partic- has shown his favor upon them to function in certain ways. Um, and so when, I, when I'm not... Um, Living as the man, specifically masculine leader in my home that I'm supposed to be, um, I am destroying something that is dignified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm abusing my privilege. I, I'm supposed to sit in the the Lord seat yeah. and lead, and when I don't, I'm abusing that privilege that God's given me, um, and I'm despising His favor because He's He's given me the grace to do that, and yeah. I'm. I'm just I'm saying I don't need it. I, I'd rather just do this over here. So I was thinking maybe some other practical examples, like like talk about some real life examples that that could be present in our specific congregation, or dare I say, you know, maybe even examples from people's lives that we know about. <laughs> um, I mean, I hope we don't get in trouble for that. Yeah, God forbid. Um, yeah, part of why I started with abortion is because that one is a cultural thing, and it's the most extreme like there's nowhere else to go we can't Mm. get worse than that particularly the up to birth thing there's just like there is no way that 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 gets worse we've arrived when it comes to the extent of hating ourselves before we're even born right uh, you know uh, i'm not this is not a a but um (laughs) but but it kind of is did you know that at a recent, I forget which global summit it was, Bill Gates himself said that with the rising cost of medicine, we are going to need death panels. So th- that then goes into the living side. Yeah. 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 And so that's abortion on the prelim, but, but now they don't even have to keep a baby alive in some states like Montana. Well, they've already passed that in Canada mm-hmm. for, for, for uh, older folks. And so mm. for people who are older or homeless people, it's too expensive for the government to care for them. Mm-hmm. And so it's cheaper for them to just do assisted suicide. Yeah. So then I, I jumped to pornography because with pornography, that touches a few things, no pun intended. Um, it, it, <laughs> it it hits us where we're... <laughs> I almost spilled out my water. <laughs> There's a Keep lot going. Of like, There's a bunch of awkward feeling people right now. Keep going. It's, it's good, especially if you're driving. Uh, there's a lot of electronics here, so don't spit. Um, it hits us as on the living side. So uh, we have the, the the pre-birth side living and then the birth side. How do we destroy the dignity of people here short of murder? I mean, uh, pornography, it absolutely degrades people to their most base sense. And put that's kind of where I got into treating nature better. We turn ourselves into beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, by either participating in or uh, by degrading others to mm-hmm. that kind of position. Uh, but then, too, I mean, it hits it hits us in the church. We look at abortion, and for the most part, and I know that there are people in the church that um, have been touched by abortion in, in various ways, either yeah. uh, family members or, or maybe they have themselves um, in the past and have moved away from that. And But for the large part, we in the church kind of hold abortion up and be like, well, yeah, we know better. 
Mm-hmm. But when it comes to pornography, that one hits a lot more closer, and it's a way that we participate in some of the worst aspects of this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so I, I I did want to to hit those two, but yeah, when we move into um, a little bit more of our church type stuff, uh, I I want to make clear that the chief way that we do this in the church is the by giving little thought to God. Mm. Yeah. It just touches all three of them, and effectively what we're seeing here is we have a passage that's telling us that, hey, we are kings over creation under the lordship of God. He has placed these things for us to do as humans and joined us to Christ to share in that. And then we basically take that crown and we put it in a box in the closet and we just go about our lives. Mm-hmm. That is despising. That is abusing. That is destroying yeah. dignity to completely neglect and give little thought to something that is very real that has been given to us. Yeah. Well, in the next, in this next coming week, I'm gonna. He's gonna talk about um, that through that Christ's office mm-hmm. of redeemer uh, and high priest has been perfected mm-hmm. through suffering thereby earning us our adoption as sons. Yep. Like, and that, like that, we are co-heirs. We are little kings. We are brothers yeah. and sisters to Jesus. And we we put all of that in a box. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, my, for instance, my brother has adopted several children. And uh, I had a friend that I grew up with at my former church who just adopted three kids this past weekend. Wow. Wow. And can you imagine in any of those cases, the kids going home and leaving or just living as if nothing has changed when everything has changed. Mm -hmm. Every, absolutely everything in their life has changed. Um, Maybe not in a day to day feel, but in a very real reality of everything else, expectations inheritance, uh, authority, all, everything has changed. The relationship and intimacy has changed. All of it has changed. And we're going to experience this in a lesser way on Christmas when you give your kids a present and they give absolutely two craps about it. And you'll be like, what the heck, man? <laughs> that feeling is what we do all the time when we give little thought to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and little... Uh, you've heard me say things like... Uh, um, it was a Sunday or two ago. I said something about... Um, Basically, you're, you're probably not a Christian if you don't give two winks to Jesus between now and the next Sunday. Absolutely. Um, and because it's not just because there's a, a law that says you got to think X amount about God, but there is a God that if you knew what he has done for you, mm-hmm. you could not stop thinking about him. Yes. I yes. mean, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. So and then when you do sins that you commit sins that show your giving little thought to God, you grieve those things. Uh-huh. And I think a chief way that we've been trained to do this in the church is by living in weakness. Mm. Yeah. It's by living in weakness because that's the opposite of the reality of what we have. Yeah. Just because the fall happened doesn't change the commission, right? Yeah. Just because we were totally depraved as sinners. We are now redeemed. We're new creations. Mm-hmm. We're no longer totally depraved. We yeah. have the spirit of God in us. Yeah. Right? The spirit of power. 
Yeah. yeah. And so if I instead, though, live the rest of my life out in weakness, that is functional daily yeah. neglect of all of these things. Yeah. There, there was this, you know, in the, in the midst of the gospel center movement is this uh, uh, pietistic movement that boasts of weakness. And mm-hmm. there's a sense in which that's true, that, um, that in our weakness, he's made... Like uh, in in a how's that passage go? Um, like he's strong through us is is the yeah. is the gist. But he's strong through us. Yeah. How do, how is like, that weakness going to play out? <laughs> like I actually get to live in strength. The the issue is is that is that I should not live in dependence on myself. Yes. But I should live in bold courage because of him. Uh huh. Yes. A hundred percent. So I, we miss that part of the equation, and then we just walk around like a bunch of weak, limp-wristed wimps. Yes, who can't even hold up their own armor of God. Correct. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about passages like training and righteousness, what do you think that means? Running a race in such a way as to win. What do you think that means? Pulling up the sword uh, and, you and know, the spirit yeah, and the think, shield of faith. What is that supposed to mean? I think it means make sure you come to church on Sunday and pray before your meals. Mm-hmm. And you're good to go. I fight the good fight. <laughs> that's that's what Paul is telling Timothy right there. <laughs> that's what he means. When he says, you know, go get ready for a marathon, that's what he means. He means go eat a big cheeseburger and make sure you think a little bit about running that race and you'll be fine. Yep, you'll you will make it across the finish line for sure. Uh, even though chapter two verses one through four said maybe not. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So th- then you went on to this idea of we can't see it. We can't see it. We can't see everything in subjection to Jesus. But why can't we see it? So the statement is not like. Uh, we can't see it because we don't have eyes to see it. We can't see it because we failed, yeah. right? There, there is a very real sense in that we have failed. The line of Adam has failed. Uh, but the challenge here is that that doesn't negate the commission. And the commission being? To be the the king is to be crowned with glory and honor, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was probably the most interesting thing for me in this whole passage and preparing for it. Uh, and I mentioned it yesterday, but just to flush it out a little bit more, um, in the old Testament, in, uh, in Psalm eight, when he, when it was written, that's an exaltation of man under the kingship of God by his power to be Kings here. It's looking back at the dominion mandate, the creation mandate Mm -hmm. and saying, yes. And amen. This is what we are. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, after that, all the extraneous, extra-biblical Jewish literature, all their commentators, all their teachings, take that passage, take Psalm 8, and reduce it to the weakness aspect. Uh, so they reduce it to the, yeah, why would you think of us? Why, what, what are we that you would think of us? And they just hang out on that idea. Mm. But all of the New Testament... I wonder if that's because of their... Uh... Uh, just the long history of exile and not having a physical king after yeah. David. And it's a, it makes so it's a, kinda, I wonder how much of it's like a woe is me. It makes 100% sense when you look at their lineage. I mean, you have, yeah. as I said yesterday, you've got the, the fall of Adam. You've got the fall of Noah. You've got the fall of David, who wrote that, mm-hmm. right? 
you've got all these people who, who just couldn't make it. And then the problem is, is that when you follow that line and you miss a Messiah, hmm. well, then, <laughs> then yes, you get to the destruction of Jerusalem and you're like, where are you? What are we? We failed everywhere. And so I, I can't see it. But the New Testament and all of the early Christian writers and all of the Christian writers up until oh, about the past 50 years have taken the positive side of Psalm 8 and said, yes, we're kings. Mm. Yes, we have a dominion mandate, but it's only recently where we go back to what we just mentioned, weakness. Mm. That's fascinating. But And, and I think the, the frustrating thing is that People just can't seem to hold two things in, in their hands at the same time. And that we can be a people of weakness, a.k.a. trusting in the Lord for our strength and power because we have the, the Holy Spirit, which is ultimately what this is, is, is weak pneumatology. And then two, I can be a king. <laughs> I can be what God created me to be. Yeah. Because I'm a new creation. And it's as if they, they say that those two things can't possibly be true at the same time. And yeah. I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I understand that we can, that there's plenty of passages for the weakness and stuff as we just mentioned, but there's also everything else that tells us what we're supposed to be and be doing mm -hmm. and be about and be teaching, let alone before we even start talking about what your view of the millennium is, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think that's where like uh, two two quick thoughts. I think um, that's frustrating. I think that uh, the past fifty years of evangelical, you know, Western Christianity is just bent on this meek, um, weak. Like, I can look super spiritually mature if we can have a whole weekend talking about you know, all the things and all the ways in which I'm, I'm bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and certainly there's a place to, to work through those things, but it's almost like in some circles, it's not okay to say, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm good. The Lord is mighty in me and I'm having a great day. I'm having a great week. I'm having a great month. I'm having a great year. Yeah. I the actually Lord read is, Philippians. Yeah. I have joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Lord is good. We are moving. The Lord is blessing. Things are great. My spiritual life is fantastic. My marriage is good. Yeah, there's going to be lurking sins in the middle of that. But we, it's like we got to capitalize on all of that because it somehow makes us seem more spiritual or more dependent on the Lord. But more humble. Yeah. But it also takes dependence on the Lord to proclaim His strength and to live in His strength and to live in his power and to go conquer and yeah. to be the kings like it, it takes it takes a lot of spiritual maturity to go do that too yeah well i, I don't want to follow that other god yeah what god yeah <laughs> right if he's weak and the loser and mm -hmm. that's not a god no. like that's a worse question than the the jews were asking in hebrews like how can he be God if he's less than an angel? I'm. We have people in our culture saying, "How can he be God if he loses all the time?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can't remember what my second thing is, but we'll uh, we'll move on to this last thought. <laughs> you had this great quote from um, from BB Warfield. Why don't you share that, and uh, we'll wrap up here in a minute. Oh, that's a separate one. I have a lot of quotes. Oh, I live in quotes. Well, then what? I all right. Well, you were reading something to me. 
<laughs> uh, this is a little bit ago. This one's from Pink. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, that one. I I really wanted to work the sun yesterday, but it, yeah, it didn't need to be. This is the perfect place for it. So the argument is essentially that we should not be using, we should not be so over familiar with the word, the name Jesus. Like it's not his mm. name anymore. So what? Says it, I know. It was shocking. Don't throw me out yet. Wait you sound like a legalist. This. Just wait till the end of this. I, I can't promise. just say Jesus. Well, now yeah. I'm going liberal. Um, the name by which God's son is here called is that of his humiliation. Jesus is not a title. Savior is an entirely different word in the Greek. Jesus was his human name as man here on earth. That's what for I'm jumping out of the quote. That this is why he had to tell him tell Mary what his name is going to be, right? Mm. His na- his, name him Jesus. So Jesus was his human name as man here on earth. It was as Jesus of Nazareth that his enemies ever referred to him, but not so his own people. To the apostles he said, "You call me Master and Lord," and you say, "Well, for so I am." <laughs> Well done, right? Only once in the four Gospels do we ever find any of his own followers speaking of him as Jesus of Nazareth, and that was when their faith had completely given away. Interesting. It was the language of unbelief. You shall call me Pastor Rusty. (laughs) For that is what I am, yes. Uh, (laughs) That that he's referred to... (laughs) In the narrative form in the Gospels is Jesus is to emphasize his humiliation. It's their unbelief and it's his humiliation of his dropping down to that identification with us. Mm. But then he says, when we come to Acts, which treats of his exaltation, we read there, God hath made his same Jesus, both Lord and Christ. So in the epistles, he says, God has given him a name which is above every name, and that name is Lord. Thus it is either as Christ, which is a title, or as the Lord Jesus Christ that he is commonly referred to in the epistles. If you look in 1 Corinthians, you see this, for example. It is thus that his people should then delight to own him, to address the Lord of glory in prayer simply as Jesus, or to speak of him to others that way, breathes an unholy familiarity, a vulgar cheapness, and an irreverence which is highly reprehensible. Wow. So wow. so all of you should feel bad if you just say Jesus. <laughs> now you're going to start seeing people <laughs> chastising them. For, uh, <laughs> Lord Jesus Christ. It's right. not. It's not enough to make fun of the people who say Jesus is my homeboy. Well, there's now the, if someone just says Jesus, yeah, we're well, gonna make fun of them too. The problem is we have to change our name again because we just fell short, right? Christ the Lord, Lord no, Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. We Lord don't have Savior. Change, we don't have to change our name again. Christ the Lord <laughs> no. <and> Savior. <laughs> no, it, if it was just if it was just um, the Church of Jesus. Then, then we'd have to change our name church again. Church of Jesus or the Jesus Church. Or, yeah. Yeah, or the Jesus Church or something. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's not. We have his title, no, Lord. We have it. We named that's it. sufficient. We nailed it before Pink found us, so that was nice. Okay, good. Yeah, but I mean, practically, I think of that often in modern music, modern church music, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, this is a... I mean... Pink's not authoritative, but but he is. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. But I, I think that so. What was interesting for me on this is I really wanted to tie it into that picture of the way that the Jewish historians, teachers, rabbis all treated Psalm eight in a very humiliating sense, versus the way that the New Testament and then the Christian Church has done in the past two thousand years of treating Christ 
in the exalted way. Mm. I think that this is a is a small way that we can see in the in the scriptures, right? How this transition took place, mm-hmm. and how we can tend to look at it one way or the other ourselves. So yes, beware mm. of unholy familiarity, vulgar cheapness, and irreverence because it is highly reprehensible. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Well, thanks, guys, for uh, joining us for Cold Pizza, and thanks to Pastor Russ for uh, preaching for us on Sunday. Uh, We hope that you're encouraged um, by the power of the gospel and the effectiveness of the word to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. (laughs) Hey, it's got Lord in the context, man. Come on. Context is key. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. See you guys.